The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 31. Uh, oh, you were going to have me, well, 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And this episode is, we're doing lessons learned uh, in the last year. And I'm going to pose this one to Brandon. Brandon, what's the most important thing that you've learned in the last year about writing? Oh, about writing. Gimmicks cannot compensate for bad writing. All right. Very nice. Um, nothing can really compensate for bad writing. I've learned this through several different experiences, reading books that I really enjoyed, watching movies that I really enjoyed, and comparing them to other books and movies that I haven't quite enjoyed as much or, or I watched and I liked, but then don't hold up to rewatching. Okay, so what's a, what's a gimmick? A, a gimmick is uh, a twist ending, um, what I would count as a gimmick, or a really keen pitch the pitch that you can boil down, the Hollywood pitch. You know, this is, a, Mistborn had a really great pitch. I okay. really liked my pitch on Mistborn. This is what if the hero lost, right? Um, and I thought, wow, this is great. I've got this awesome pitch. And when I pitch it to people, people are like, wow, that's a pretty cool take on the fantasy genre. And I've been looking at my other books and saying, wow, I need a pitch like that. I need to be able to, in one sentence, say something that people say, wow. And then I stopped and started analyzing and saying, well, what's the pitch to George R. R. Martin's books? Um, the Song of Fire and Ice, if you haven't read these books, his writing is genius, yeah. he's brilliant. Um, it's you know, one of the best pure, just 
writing-wise, fantasy works out there. And the pitch, it's really, uh, you know, a fantasy book like you've read lots of before. He doesn't have a huge, <laughs> fantastic pitch. There's no twist on the fantasy genre. There's no brilliant magic system that makes your mind well, no, bend be, when you read let's the, be clear the beginning. On something. Yeah. Let's be clear on something yeah. really quick. Uh, having a good pitch for Mistborn yeah. allowed it, good writing. Yeah, it's a good thing. All of these things mm-hmm. are good things. Um, having, a, having a gimmick uh, uh, is always good. Having a twist ending. I mean, a gimmick, I, the guy, Chris Rapalini, 17-year-old publishing a book. That's a gimmick. That is a gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a brilliant one. It sells lots of books. Um, but if the writing itself is not fantastic, then the gimmick, it may sell you some books, but it's not going to get you the long-lasting sort of literary power that I want to be able to bring about in my books. I don't think I'm there yet, but George R. R. Martin, to go back to that, he is there. Um, yep. It's sheer, brilliant writing. That's Jerry the pitch. Purnell, mm. Jerry Purnell uh, at uh, Life, the Universe, and Everything about three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, we did a panel where we were talking about crispy, crunchy writing. Yeah. And you know, he just tightening up the prose. And he talked about how they had to trim, uh, you know, ten percent off this book. And so they went through and removed fifty words per page, mm-hmm. <laughs> very meticulously, and kept count that way. And he said. Uh, you know, we wrote very, very tightly, and you know, for good or for ill, that book continues to generate uh, royalty sales for them every year. Yeah. You know, Jerry, Jerry Purnell, and Larry Niven are, are getting you royalty about chicks. Uh, no, uh, Moden God's Eye. Okay. Um, they are getting royalty checks every year on this book you know 20 years mm-hmm. 25 years later yeah. which that's a book that's got staying power it's and it's got staying power of science fiction now, fan- it fantasy. had it had some cool gimmicks yeah. you know gimmick number mm-hmm. 1 we've got aliens who are asymmetrical yeah. you know gimmick number 2 was this astronomy thing where uh, the event of them leaving their star spawned a religion yeah and you know i mean there was, there was cool stuff in yeah. there but the writing was really, really strong, and that book has stayed with us for two yeah. and a half decades. You will find all kinds of books that are released that have one great, really cool, interesting idea, um, where the writing isn't genius. And that comes, it flashes, you say, wow, that was interesting, and then you forget it. Um, a, a good example of this is now, maybe it's not a great example, but we, we talked about The Dark Knight, the Batman movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if you look at the, ba- the Batman movie, yeah, it sold a lot of tickets. People loved it. Um, but also at the same time, there have been big blockbuster superhero movies before. There were several last summer and the summer before. Um, I think The Dark Knight will have large amounts of staying power because the writing is so solid that it's going to have this sort of eternal nature that Mm -hmm. when you watch it, you can watch it ten times and say, wow, this, this movie is great. Whereas the movies that relied on, for instance, the gimmick of really cool special effects, or Ten years from now, big famous star. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Riding a trend. Yeah, yeah. Any of these things, you're going to look at them, and maybe they will actually have a flash in the pan. Maybe they will mm-hmm. be a successful movie. But the if the writing isn't excellent, that's all that's going to come of them. It's going yeah. to vanish. If you're relying on your special effects rather than your writing, then your special effects will always be outdated. Um, yeah. This is why we can watch the original Star Wars movies and still love them despite the special effects. It was, whereas, it was yeah, solidly written. It was, it was solidly a good written. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it was, uh, <laughs> admittedly, it, it was campy space yeah. opera, um, but they dialed back the camp just enough right. that this had 
And now movies have the uh, a lot of other interactions going on. I mean, fantastic yeah. acting mm-hmm. can can work as well as fantastic writing. Um, but I use these examples because more people are going to be familiar yeah. with them. The same thing happens in books, however. Um, let's let's look at. I'm biased, all right. But let's look at the Wheel of Time. Um, the Wheel of Time books have spawned. Have not only sold a lot of copies. They have spawned a community of fans mm-hmm. who are deeply invested in these books, who love these books, who follow them, and have been following them for years and years. I'm one of them. And for a long time, I have believed that those people were fundamentally flawed. <laughs> okay, But that's because I had never read the books myself. Right. I haven't read all the books myself. Right. I'm you know, two and a half books in, mm-hmm. and now I see what's going on with these crazy people. I'm starting yeah. to get it. I'm not one of them, but I, I understand them and their behavior is justified. Well, I can, I can, I could, I'd have to go to my library and point them out, but I could pick out a good dozen books I read that same year as Eye of the World that came out that had big releases that were big, um, you know, lots of sales of copy, copies sold. I don't know whether they sold mm-hmm. more than Wheel of Time or not. I know the Wheel of Time. Yeah. I mean, like any introductory book, most of the mm-hmm. times the first book sells the fewest copies until yeah. it starts to get rolling and things like this. Um, it did not have this huge hardcover release. It was yeah. released mostly in paperback. Um, and yet, 20 years later, people are still reading those books. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason being the depth of the writing. Um, there are layers and layers and layers of things embedded into these stories. And I guess just what I've learned is that comes first. And if you can have the other stuff, that's great. But you don't actually need the other stuff because if you have excellent writing, that is enough of a hook in and of itself to carry mm-hmm. the book. Let's break for a commercial. Yes. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by bringing things to you from writing excuses. (laughs) It's true. You, too, can advertise here at writingexcuses.com. Just follow that link over there in the uh, left-hand, right-hand sidebar? Right-hand sidebar. Right, left-hand sidebar. Follow that link (laughs) on the left-hand sidebar. One of the sidebars has a link. Mm -hmm. One of the sidebars has a link, and you can sponsor Writing Excuses, and we will do a much better job of reading your ad than we did reading this one. And we're back. We are back, indeed. Uh, Brandon, let's talk a little more about, about gimmicks and why authors are tempted to use them. Okay. Um, you mentioned Christopher Paolini. The gimmick yeah. of, I'm 17 and I wrote a book, mm-hmm. is no longer a gimmick that's open to, say, me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not going to be tempted to try this. Yes. It would be um, funny if you did. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I'm not going to go there. Um, what are gimmicks that authors have uh, have tried, or that, that writers have tried, or might be tempted to try? Okay, there are lots of things. Um, the the cool twist on the cover can, is can, is a gimmick. Now, when I remember so when cover I, cover art, and that's something yeah. a writer has right, no, no well, control yeah. over. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but these are things that the book packaging is right. Okay. Some of the powerful authors. Um, and remember, when I say a gimmick, this doesn't necessarily mean that anyone using one of these is writing poorly. I know, I yeah. know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like for instance, I used um, I had anyway. So, but there there are book cover gimmicks that okay. you can do. There are um, this book comes with a CD of expanded information gimmicks. Um, okay. There are a really great gimmick that I believe it was David Weber used. Um, was it David Weber? It was Honor Harrington. Yeah, was, David yeah. Weber. Um, was he released a CD that came with all of the previous volumes on ebook, okay. 
in the hardcover release. You just got all of them. That's, cool. That's yep. a great gimmick. That was the Bane Free Library. Yeah, yeah, but it was the Bane yep. Free Library, but he actually released a hardcover that came mm -hmm. in the back with a CD that said that had all the previous volumes so you could buy one and read them all. Yeah. Um, great gimmick. Authors, if you're looking at the text of the narrative, the twist ending um, is a very big um, temptation as a gimmick. I don't know. If you can pull it off, it's, it's going to help. It's always... Well, it's almost always a good thing, but it doesn't mean you need to have one. If you mm -hmm. are writing yeah. a story that is focusing on something other than this twisting, tortuous plot, right. then it's okay to not have the plot twist let ending. Me, and, let me visit yeah. this. Let me visit mm -hmm. this in another way because I think the temptation to use gimmicks, yeah, the, or the temptation to uh, try something other than just really, really strong writing yeah. to sell your work stems from the desire to be the next Dan Brown right, yeah. or the next mm -hmm. J.K. Yeah. Rowling yeah, or the Brown next Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. Somebody who comes up with, you know, somebody who comes out of the gate with a series that makes piles and piles of money right. rather than being the next, and I don't want to fault right. any writers I like, but the next Kevin J. Anderson or Eric Flint. Or Brandon Sanderson. Or Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> yeah. Or well, guys who... Guys who crank out good books consistently uh, mm -hmm. yeah. in the strength of just strong writing and yeah. years of being really good at it. Well, yeah. Trying to be the next whoever, I think, is also kind of a symptom of another gimmick, which is just the bandwagon. Yeah. You know, vampires are oh, huge God. right now. That's going to be my gimmick. I'm going to write a vampire story, and it's going to sell a million copies. Right. The newer authors almost, not always, but a lot of the time, come up to me and say, you know, what's the, what's the secret? What's the trick? Mm -hmm. They're looking for the trick. The trick is write really good writing. <laughs> now, all of the stuff you know that what I would recommend. Yeah. You know what I'd recommend? Anybody looking for the trick, go buy uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb's book, The Black Swan. Okay. Because in this book, it's nonfiction. In this book, he describes that these kinds of events are happy, completely unpredictable accidents, yeah. and all you can hope to do is position yourself so that if an accident like that happens to you, you exploit it properly. Right. Okay. Well, and also I would say, you know, the pitch, the Hollywood pitch, that's, that's a, a gimmick, so to speak, that we use in writing. We may do a podcast on how to pitch your book. In fact, I want to. Mm -hmm. But the, the, gimmicky concept, pitch, yeah. the gimmicky pitch in the movie Bolt yeah. Where the pigeons are pitching yeah, yeah, yeah. the movie idea to uh, to to the dog. Yeah. Um, you know, a movie pitch. You expect. All right, I'm going to tell you about the story. No, that's not what happens. The pigeon stands there and poses. Wait for it, aliens. And you know that was a the pitch itself was gimmicked. Yeah. And I loved that because it very nicely satirized right. pitching. Yeah. And we'll do one on the pitch. Um, and you know what? Having a good pitch for your book is a plus. Oh, yeah. Um, but the concept I'm trying to get across here is write really, really well. And then when you've got that, then take a look at what you have and say, okay, how can I develop a pitch or how can I best, you know, enhance what I have? Maybe, I, maybe you do need to add a twist ending. But, you know, you got to have hooks. You yeah. got to have value you gotta in there. You've got to you got to have the end laid out early. You've got to have a dam of a beginning and all of these things. But, you know, even the first line is a gimmick. The first mm -hmm. line, fantastic first line is a gimmick. That 
is good. It will help you, but it will not compensate for a bad first page, no I, matter how good your first I line is. I have read a lot of books where I picked it up and read the first line. I thought, oh, this looks wonderful yeah. because the prose was so neat and then realized, oh, somebody spent you know, hours crafting the prose in that first paragraph and then the same amount of time writing the next three chapters. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I think uh, one aspect of this is uh, a series. I think series have the tendency, if okay. you're not careful, to fall into gimmick. Mm -hmm. where uh, you set up an interesting situation, an interesting character, an interesting whatever, and then all of those quirks that were so cool the first time, you drag them out too far. You, you hew too closely to your own formula, and it falls into gimmick, and then the yeah. writing starts to suffer. You can see this in a lot of TV shows, especially. Um, House was fantastic mm -hmm. the first two seasons. It had some of the best writing on TV. Today, it really is just a parody of itself because it's, you know, here we have the grumpy guy, here we have our methods, and those have just become gimmicks rather than story yeah. elements. Um, since we're talking on it, I'll just throw out one maybe example is um, my series Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. That series sold based on a gimmick. It yep. really did. The gimmick was, hey, Evil Librarians. In fact, it was such a part of the sales that they, when they were buying the books, Scholastic was they like, you, as long as he's willing to re revise the title so that Evil Librarians is in the title. That's mm -hmm. one of the main things that we want well, to and do. And there were, there were multiple, multiple gimmicks and hooks yeah. at work for you there. You know, yeah. The other is, uh, let's play on the popularity of the whole boy wizard thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Harry, yeah. Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah. And That's... somehow I ended up with a character on the front cover who looked an awful lot like Harry Potter. They changed that <laughs> for the paperback. But um, that was anyway. nice. Um, these things are all gimmicks, and it's okay to have those. It certainly helped Alcatraz sell, um, to the editors at least, mm -hmm. um, and it's, it helped some of the popularity. But once readers crack that book, at that point, the writing has to carry it. And so that's what I've learned. Okay. Focus on the writing, Brandon, and then worry about all this other stuff. All right. Well, this has been Writing Excuses, and it is my delightful uh, responsibility right now to point at Brandon and ask him for a writing prompt. Brandon? All right. Um, have a person who's got the greatest gimmick ever for a book that they're going to write the story, but then in real life, that thing happens to them. Whatever it is they're going to write their book about that's just going to be this wacky, crazy gimmick, it happens, oh, to, it happens them. to them. Is Thank you for a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Well, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.